I'm gonna tell you how to be more productive whether you are an introvert or extrovert. Get excited because this is Tiny Leaps, Big Change. Your personality type tells a lot about you. It decides whether or not you are the type of person who loves being in a crowd or wants to curl up and read a book alone. And this can be some of the defining characteristics that you look for in a partner as well. Somebody who either fits your energy or is willing to push you out of your comfort zone, depending on what you're looking for. The way that we are in relationship to other people is a critical part of how we show up in the world and a critical part of what we choose to do. But as it turns out, it also plays a massive role in how we are productive and how we get work done and how we do so in the most efficient way possible. You see, your personality type says something about how you gain energy and how you manage that energy. And so it makes total sense that the way we gain that energy, the way we manage energy, would play a role in how we show up as well and in how productive we can be and in how we get ourselves to be productive. So in this episode, we're going to dive into that, and we're going to do that through the lens of an article written by the team at Evernote. Yes, Evernote. Uh, This is not a sponsored video, but I do personally use Evernote as my sort of quick note-taking and uh, uh, memory collector. I don't know, like whenever I need to make to-do lists or whenever I'm I'm just sort of like recording information, I typically turn to Evernote. Uh, So I definitely think that they have a good product. Uh, And as it turns out, their blog team is pretty good as well. So I'm going to be breaking down and dissecting an article that I recently read from them that breaks down how to be more productive, whether you're an introvert, an extrovert, or an ambivert. So the first thing we want to look at here is uh, the idea. First, we need to sort of accept the thought that being an introvert or an extrovert or an ambivert, depending on your personality type, can affect your productivity. It plays a massive role in how we gain energy, how we manage that energy, and how we use that energy. So, of course, if you are, for example, an introvert and you are uh, uh, gaining energy by being alone and, and secluded, and you are spending all of that energy in social situations all day, you're going to be less productive when it comes to your work or your personal tasks. So this is something we do need to keep in mind. And here's a direct quote from the article that I'm referencing for this episode. How you prefer to work, communicate, and recharge your batteries says a lot about your personality type. And we're not just talking about those over-the-top personality surveys you can take on BuzzFeed. By personality type, we're referring to where you fall on the extrovert-introvert scale. The article then goes on to set up and define introvert and extroverts in this way. Introverts are shy and extroverts are outgoing. Simple enough, right? Not exactly. Coined in the 1920s by psychologist Carl Jung, these personality types boil down to energy. For example, introverts are energized by carving out me time, while extroverts will seek out the party. So the key things that we want to take away here, introverts are uh, recharged and gain energy by being alone, by being with themselves or with a small group that they sort of trust implicitly. Extroverts, on the other hand, 
are recharged and gain energy from other people. They love being in social situations, being at the party. Even if they're not the life of the party, they love being at the party and being around others. That's where they gain their energy from and it excites them. And then the article actually shares that there's a third category. It's not just introvert and extrovert. There's also ambivert. And an ambivert is actually the most common, even though we don't hear about it as often. Those are the people like me who sort of are okay in both situations, but if you leave them for too long in either situation, they tend to struggle. So for example, I tend to be great at uh, uh, group events and social situations. I do really well and and um, I'm typically pretty good at connecting with others and having sort of the conversations that we need to have in order to do something uh, valuable from that situation. However, if I'm there for too long, I tend to get drained. If I am, am sort of dealing with that situation for too long, I get exhausted. And I do need to go back to my safe space and be secluded. However, if I go in that direction for too long, uh, it tends to bother me. So if I were to think of extroverted and introvert as uh, sort of like a spectrum, I would say that I am definitely leaning introvert. However, I'm probably an ambivert. So be aware that there is this third category that we don't typically hear of, and it's very possible, uh, in fact, statistically likely that you fall um, somewhere in that middle category, more so than being a pure extrovert or introvert. And that understanding is going to be important for the rest of this episode. The article then goes on to share uh, uh, specific recommendations for how to be more productive for each type. So I'm going to read uh, sort of like a summation of their thoughts, and then I'm going to jump back in and share my own thoughts as well. So for introverts, the article recommends controlling your environment, focusing on -on one-on-one interactions, slowing down, and preparing for meetings. Now, all of these ideas make perfect sense. If you are an introvert, you get your energy from being alone, being with yourself, being able to think, um, or being with a small group, maybe one to two people that you've already sort of connected with and sussed out over the course of the last few years. Um, And so it makes total sense that you would want to, in order to manage that energy and be more productive, uh, you'd want to control the things that you can control. That includes your environment, that includes the times that you are, are told to work, that includes when things are due if you're able to, that includes the number of people that you speak with when you're at the event. As an introvert, you're going to want to um, almost think of it as like you've got this well of energy that is limited in social situations. And because it's limited, you need to be very mindful in where you exert that energy. Doing things out of nowhere, like spontaneously, is going to burn a very large amount of energy, and that's going to lead you to not enjoying the actual event as much. And so having extra planning for your events and not sort of leaning into that spontaneous situation is going to give you more energy to work with at the actual event itself. If you think of it as, I have this amount of total energy I can expend in these types of situations, and 
um, uh, I need to sort of minimize how much of that is spent in the sort of lead up to the event and in the um, uh, uh, the stuff surrounding the event other than the actual event itself. If you can think of it that way, you're going to enjoy those events more often and, and this is the key part, you're going to save more of that energy for the purposes of producing whatever work you're trying to produce. Now, for extroverts, the article gives this advice. Prepare for meetings, embrace the busy, but be careful, schedule a social hour, and block off time for reflection. Now, for extroverts, again, this advice makes total sense. When you are extroverted, you tend to be more powered by those social interactions and the group environment. And so you might find it difficult to sit by yourself and get just get work done, just focus. Um, that can be really challenging. And so taking the time to schedule time to be with other people and embracing that side of you, that's only going to recharge you for the next sprint. I would actually say it's incredibly beneficial as an extrovert to think of your work in sprints rather than long uninterrupted stretches. Now, of course, that's not always possible. Some work does require long uninterrupted stretches, but if you're able to control it to some extent, treat your work, your focus work, in a sprint model and schedule in social time, group time, collaborative time in between those sprints. So you might approach it from uh, 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 doing a Pomodoro, let's say like a 25 minute work session with a 10 minute sort of like social break. You may also want to prioritize working in groups as much as you can. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you are speaking to people while you're working because people do need to focus. But it does mean that you have a group of people right there that you can interact with when the timer goes off. And that alone can be reassuring and energizing. The presence of those people for you as an extrovert can be energizing. So that is the advice that they have for extroverts. Now, for ambiverts, here's what they have to say. Leverage your flexibility, experiment, and find what works for you. Now, for ambiverts, uh, while I will say advice is a little lackluster, um, it does make sense why you would frame it that way because the whole thing with ambiverts is that you can kind of be okay in both. Maybe you're not the specialist in either direction. You're more of a generalist. And so you need to figure out what your ideal situation looks like. Some days you might want to take the extroverted route and schedule social things in between your work sprints. And other days you might want to be super focused for eight hours and not talk to anybody. Um, this is why I say I'm an ambivert because that tends to be how I work. Uh, Mondays and Tuesdays, I try to schedule off where I'm not talking to anybody at all and I'm just working. Uh, Wednesdays and Thursdays, I am talking to a lot of people between podcast interviews and group calls that I'm on and so on and so forth. And so trying to find that balance between the two that works for you as an individual, that's going to be your challenge as an ambivert. Now, just some uh, final thoughts here. These are my thoughts on how you can utilize the understanding of being an introvert or an extrovert or an ambivert to power your productivity. So the first thing that I think we need to do is to set boundaries. So if you're an introvert, you need to plan to have long stretches where you can work alone and be with yourself. 
And I know that that's not always easy. I know that that's not always something that we can control, especially when it comes to our jobs, like our professional work. However, when we can control it, it's worth investing that. It's worth planning that out as an introvert to give yourself the space and the time that you need to get your work done. Again, we need to be thinking about this as an introvert from the perspective of I have this limited pool of energy that can only be recharged when I'm able to be with myself, and that's not always easy to do throughout the day. It's much easier to recharge as an extrovert and to keep going because we work as social creatures and in communities. And so when you're an introvert and that's not the way that you roll, it's better if you think of this as a limited resource that you need to spend wisely. And so scheduling that time for yourself to be alone, scheduling that time to make things work for yourself is critical for being more productive and having the energy you need to execute when you need to execute. And for extroverts, we need to build collaboration and group work into your process. So as I said, with extroverts, you need to approach this as a sprint. Take a sprint mentality where you are working for some period of time and you have that group component built into your day-to-day and your work process. Now, that doesn't have to be a Pomodoro. That doesn't even have to be every single day. But knowing that it's there, knowing that you're going to get to recharge, that you're going to get to access that energy when you need it can help you push through whilst you're working because it gives you the the reassurance that you're going to get what you need and you don't have to think and worry about that. So taking that time to work with a group or with collaboration or with accountability or just having somebody else to feed off of is going to be critical for you as an extrovert. And then the last piece of advice I want to give is, I'm going to be honest, a little mid. It's a little uh, uh, generic, but it is important. That's why I'm sharing it. Let yourself be whatever you need to be. I think it's really easy to think that the other type is going to be more successful. Like if you're an entrepreneur, it's really simple and easy to think, oh, I need to be extroverted because that's how I get uh, 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 people sold on my ideas and so on and so forth. And that's not actually true. Many entrepreneurs are introverts. Many entrepreneurs just focus on getting the work done and doing a great job at it. And um, uh, maybe they partner with an extrovert or they don't. And they just sort of like master the skill of, of dealing with their energy so that they can show up when they need to, even if they're not on all the time. So being an introvert is not a bad thing. Being an extrovert is not a bad thing. What matters is allowing yourself to be who you are and then building your life around that. Stop trying to become the other side of things and just focus on who you actually are. I spent a lot of time in high school and middle school trying to make myself extroverted. I knew I was an introvert. I knew that I was shy. I knew that I struggled in groups. I knew that I always felt like I was um, not quite a part of the community. I knew that. However, I had this dream of being an entrepreneur. I had this idea in my head that I was going to do something that required me to be an extrovert. And so I threw myself into performance. I started doing musical theater. I started doing plays. I did choir, band, every single thing that I could. A little nerdy, don't get me wrong. I wasn't trying to be a jock here. I needed exposure. 
I needed to get in front of large groups of people and put myself in those situations so that I could learn how to be comfortable. Now, here's the thing. It worked to an extent. I'm really good now at getting on stage and presenting ideas. I'm a great public speaker. However, I never became extroverted. And for many years, I thought that I did. And for many years, right after high school, going into college, and I would say probably for those full four years in college, I felt like I had done the work. I'm an extrovert now, and I can just be an extrovert. I can act like an extrovert. And then I was confused why things weren't working for me. They weren't working because I was never an extrovert. It's not a bad thing to work on your weak points. I'm really glad that I put in that work to be better on stage, to be better at presenting, to be more confident in myself. I think that that's important. However, I think and I wish that I could have done that in a way that accepted the reality of who I was, an introvert, or I'm now learning an ambivert, and built on top of those strengths rather than worrying about tearing down those strengths to build up weaknesses that would never be fixed. So allow yourself to be who you are and allow yourself to be who you need to be, even if the world isn't necessarily happy about it. So I hope this was helpful to you. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, do me a favor, hit the subscribe button. I want to get to 1,000 subscribers as quickly as we can. Right now we're at like 218 or something like that. So help me out. Uh, click subscribe on the YouTube channel. If you're listening to this right now in audio, help me out as well. Head over to the YouTube. Link to that is in the description of this episode. I'd love to connect with you there. Have a conversation. Uh, Thank you so much. I've been Greg Clunas. And remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day. Every day.